0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans. To another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo. Joined as always by the King Kong, to my Godzilla. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing?
1: Uh, I've been working a lot on calisthenics. I think I'm doing very well at climbing and lifting.
0: Yeah, so you, you say you would say that you are you are living your your best King Kong life.
1: I'm living my best King Kong life. King right. Kong ain't got nothing <laughs> on me.
0: All right, and our very own Abira. That's right, the giant lobster himself, Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you? You throw a rock at me,
2: I am gonna deflect it. Oh, it just bounces off in your face! No, no, no! I'm just gonna use my
0: giant claw, bat it away, <laughs> and then feed a lot of rich people. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, like lobsters were considered like bad poor people food because they're basically just like all good food starts out <laughs> As bad sea, poor people food. Sea beetles, food. basically. All right.
1: Uh, yeah, all uh, all shellfish was because it was literally that's where the uh, I believe that's also where part of the term bottom dweller comes from. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting week in Absolutely. Seahawks land. Uh, let's start with this. Uh, first, Earl Thomas. Uh, many Dallas sports writers are writing about how Earl Thomas is leaving. Earl Thomas doesn't want to go. Uh, the s- Seattle's not giving him away. We're not overpaying. Earl's not going to show up to camp. But here's my here's my big thing about this. So far, only stories coming out from Dallas sports writers. So I'm not sure how much I buy it and how much of it is just like wishful thinking or Dallas Cowboys fans need something to think about. So There's uh, for sure stirring, some wish casting going stirring on Stirring the pot a little bit so that they can do that. Um, I'm going to talk to Eric first. Eric, would you do you think Earl Thomas will play without a contract? No, absolutely not. He has pretty much
2: said it as much. And I don't really know if he's going to play at this point. I mean... We've kind of danced around it. I don't really know if the Seahawks are going to want to offer him a contract. I mean, we have ten million. We're ten million under the cap so far this year, right? And I don't know if we can. I'm sorry, entering the season, I don't know. I'd have to talk to my uh, my my friend and salary cap expert, uh, either one of you, <laughs> Kevin or Nathan, really. But I don't know who will cut that would could that would actually make any room under that going forward. We're trying to you know get under the cap so we can rebuild this team probably not seeing Earl play another game as a Seahawk. So you really think he's gone? Like, gone, gone. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. He And I, I say this every week. I joke with Kevin about this. But I didn't like when he went to Jason Garrett and said, yo, if you can, come get me.
0: Now, he's, now he has said that
1: to that, Oakland, apparently,
2: too. That is, I read that report. I think that's kind of silly. Who Maybe in their right mind? T- yeah, that makes more sense than just going to the Raiders. Maybe the
1: last two years after every game he's done that. That's just the first time they caught it on camera. <laughs> did you did you guys did you guys see what
0: Bruce Irvin said in response to him trying to get a trade to Oakland? I'm sure he, was he like, said he said uh, Earl, be? you're my dude, but we need to re-sign Khalil Mack first.
1: Ooh, hey, that's true.
2: Good for you,
0: Bruce. <laughs> Pretty uh, funny.
2: No, I don't. I just I think the Seahawks will get the package that they want: two draft picks, a second and a fifth, or something like that. Something kind of ridiculous like that. And uh, I just don't see him playing here because
0: he's not playing without a new deal, and we're not giving him that. All right, Kevin, what what are your feelings about the Earl Thomas contract controversy?
1: I think in this situation, the team holds all the cards. I mean, Earl can hold out, but it doesn't really help him that much. He could still be franchised. You know, he's still under contract. And unless a team comes up and makes the offer, then there's no reason for Seattle to let him go. So I think he's going to end up playing. I think he's going to end up joining with the team late but what i'm not sure is if he'll end up lasting the whole season here. Okay. Those mid-season trades are becoming more common. I could see us dealing him before the trade deadline to pick up draft picks.
0: Trade deadline's too early. Like that's the that's the reason no trades happen in the NFL because Dwayne Brown, like trade deadline's week 6, so it's just very difficult for for teams to like say I'm truly out of it in week 6 and start Becoming sellers That's one of the
1: two problems The other thing is That scheme is so important In the NFL That coming in mid-season And trying to pick up What a team is doing Is not easy
0: Yeah By the way The name of the reporter Who said he's not going to report To camp without a new deal And is done with Seattle Newey Scruggs That's certainly That's a fake name That's certainly a name That
2: also could very well Be the greatest guy On ESPN at this moment None of us watch ESPN We don't know
0: He's a seven times Emmy winner According to his Twitter bio So take that You know I still think it's a fake name.
1: And he posts fuzzy
0: bear gifts. I'm in. I love this guy. Bye, Earl. Um,
1: his reporting partner is Scoops McGrogan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I actually think that Earl will play, even if he doesn't get a new deal. Um, he saw what happened with Cam. How Cam like tanked his value and ended up like not getting. He ended up getting like a mediocre safety contract after his holdout. Um, Earl doesn't want to do that. Yeah, but how prideful is Earl? Kevin will say uh, He said that he's Earl. not in here with his brothers. Like he was the one that talked trash about Cam for holding out. I don't think I just don't think he's into it. It's a negotiation tactic. It he-
1: is. And he has to do that to an extent. We don't even report until tomorrow. And honestly, the first couple of weeks aren't really a big deal for him. Earl wears his heart on his sleeve. This is the guy who immediately after an injury said that he didn't know if he's ever gonna be able to play again. Um Leo, what we love about Earl is that his heart's out there and he's unfiltered. And sometimes what's really frustrating about Earl is his heart's out there and he's unfiltered.
2: Do you think Earl maybe thinks that his brothers aren't on the team anymore?
1: I think that's part of it. I think he's frustrated about the team turning over. I think he's frustrated about not knowing what's going to happen. I think uh, Chris Richard's kind of his dude. And I think it could have been something with him leaving. Notice how the defensive back room cleared out after the defensive back coach. that was their coach coming in. I uh, left. I think that could have something to do
2: with this. you think it's just like knock after knock? Because you listed like four things there that would all
0: play into one person being upset. Yeah, I think about he's something.
1: very uncomfortable right now.
0: All right, and then the other uh, the other Seahawks thing that I had for you guys this week because I think like the Earl Thomas stare down is interesting is something that's we're gonna have to follow. It's gonna be the big story all through training camp. Um, the other big story for the Seahawks is that Pete Prisco. CBS analyst, although I put that in scare quotes, he's an idiot. Uh, he picked the Seahawks to go five and eleven. Uh, Nate, I think it's Nate Davis from, uh, yeah, Nate Davis uh, from USA Today. He picked every game. Pete Perisco did the same thing. He picked every game. He picked the Seahawks to go four and twelve. Okay. Um, wow. The nat- these are two pretty prominent national media guys. Even if they both suck, uh, what do you? What do you guys think of these low, low records that the national media has out for us? Um, what's the what's the basement record that you see possible for the Seahawks this year?
1: I mean, does Russell Wilson get injured? Because then it's like two or three wins.
0: No, but like I'm saying, like but obviously when, barring a Wilson's,
1: catastrophic injury for like someone like Russell Wilson, has Russell
0: Wilson missed a start in his career? Nobody should have that yeah, year okay, that Sundama so, Kansu injured him. So okay, so he's never missed a start in his career. So let's just assume he he plays all 16 games. What's the basement record for the Seahawks? Seven and nine. I'd say eight and eight. Yeah, for me it was for me it was between six and ten and seven or nine. I couldn't decide, but I just think five and eleven, four and twelve seems pretty ambitious. We do have a tough schedule. Like the more I look at it, the harder it seems, uh, which is not good. But I'm a uh, I don't really understand. I don't. I don't know. I, don't I get, think I don't get why people. We have the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the league. When a team, when a team has a top flight quarterback, usually you just pick them for like ten wins, no matter what. I don't know why this works
1: for every guy except for Russell Wilson. Well, and what was the team record last season? Nine
0: and seven. Nine and seven. And we didn't have a bunch of these guys. They were all hurt.
1: Exactly. And people are acting like the team completely fell apart last year. I mean, you listen to analysis. People talk about us like we were a four and twelve team last year. True. And so if you're mentally in that space where you're looking at us as a top 10 draft pick kind of team, then it's not hard to go, "Oh, well it's going to be the same thing over again."
0: We I mean, like missed the playoffs by like two two game. Two Blair Walsh kicks really away from being a playoff well, team. Well, and also right. and
1: we had a playoff caliber record.
2: And look at the look at the turnover on this team. Forget who we lost player wise. Look at the good things we lost. We lost our offensive coordinator, eh, offensive coordinator, who we, we all hate. And, and yes. A lot of
0: people don't like uh, our new offensive coordinator, Schottenheimer. That's why a big part of the, the hate is, is... a
1: lot of Schottenheimer hate.
0: I just don't know if the experts out there.
1: really
2: know what they're talking about, though. I mean, let's face it. These riders are famous because they're good riders, but that doesn't mean that they can just pick a Browns schedule and say, hey, this Browns team is going to do this. Because let's face it, that's a lot of guessing. And with a team like the Browns, it's easy. With the Seahawks who, let's face it, we still don't get the attention that most other teams get. I would say the NFC West doesn't get that. People are kind of proclaiming the, the Rams out of nowhere, but I don't think anyone's really studied the Rams, anyone outside of the NFC West reporters. I think that guy in Chicago really probably doesn't give a damn about it, doesn't really know much. And so when they pick us for four or five wins, it doesn't mean anything because they haven't studied the team. And they'll say, oh, the offensive line is still in a shambles. That's like, I've seen two reporters use that exact same term, which means they're just going off one another. And also, like we said, we replaced two coordinators. We improved our offensive line, if only a little bit. I'm not saying we're going to win it all this year, but I think that, like I said before, there's a lot of hope to have in the Seahawks team this year.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think there's another thing that needs to be looked at, and we're going to talk about this more next week with the preview, but uh, you're talking about that addition by subtraction with the uh, coaching staff. And people look at Mike Solari and they look at his stint with the Giants and they go oh those Giants offensive lines were bad so what did Solari really do well what Solari really did if you dig into the numbers was maximize what they were able to do they had a really good year pass blocking his first year there when the offensive line was healthy when they had Weston Richburg and some of the better talent out there for more of the games he was really able to get them to do something well Tom Cable never did that.
0: Yeah. All any
1: right. run success was an occurrence of a run scheme, not of a blocking scheme.
2: With Marshawn Lynch, right, Kevin?
0: With Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree. Like I think that the the they're they're underrated in our offensive line big time is the big point for me, is a lot of people still think of our offensive line as gonna be the worst in the league. I would be pretty stunned if the Dwayne Brown led off version of this offensive line ranks thirty second in any metric next year. Um, I, I'm, it's more likely that we're going to be closer to the middle of the pack, which is going to seem like a ginormous upgrade after what we've the shit show we've been enduring for the we're last years. We're likely to see between the fifteenth
1: and twentieth best offensive line next year, Yeah,
0: which is I I think completely acceptable. And I I think there's upside too. We've got a lot of good young players um, that could really take the next step, especially under leadership that's not Tommy Cable. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is my. Uh, my, that's my take on that. All right. Um, any other Seahawks stories you guys wanted to talk about?
1: No, I think we're good.
0: All right. Uh, the the um, NFL stories of the week. Uh, not much. Darrell Rebus retired. Tony Sperano passed away. Uh, Tom Greeley got a big extension. Uh, T- Darrell Rebus also did my favorite thing, by the way. I forgot. Um, he decided to sign a one-day contract to retire as a Jet. Stupid. I love that
1: because he wasn't actually with the Jets for like that much of his career. So yeah. even though he made his name there and everything, he really was a journeyman for like basically half his career. So it's kind of funny when that happens. It's not like a guy who's with a team for 10 years and then leaves for like one and then comes back and does it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, and then um so yeah, then also uh Well, okay, let's talk about a couple of these. Uh, Sperano was like the first guy to use the Wildcat and uh, that's pretty cool. Like he he was an innovator, an offensive innovator. He tried stuff. I thought He's that
1: He's was- a very well-respected coach among coaches. And I think that's something, if you look at the times where he was able to assemble a staff, he assembled a killer staff. That tells you what kind of a person he is because other coaches wanted to coach with him.
0: All right. And then... Um,
1: Can I talk holdouts?
0: Wait, wait, one thing. Josh Gordon. Uh, he decided to just like check himself into counseling because he was nervous. He's like, I've been stressed out lately and I just don't want to relapse, which I think is really shows a lot of maturity. That's He's, a huge maturity that dude, stroke. That right there. That dude's come a long way. So I think we should all be like pretty proud of like, you know, it, you, we say like you have to be pretty dumb to fail the NFL drug protocol. But it could just be that like he can't handle the stress and the pressure and he has like legitimate mental health issues that he self medicates. But and then he fails the drug tests, and the fact that he's able to deal with those in a more productive way, I think, is really uh, cool and impressive.
1: I also like that the franchises come out behind him for this one, yeah. like they've come out in support, which they should.
0: Yeah, they're like, "This is fine. You don't don't worry about Josh Gordon. Like he's he's doing the right thing." Um, oh, Jarrell Casey also said like he's go, he's going to protest. He doesn't care. I just can't wait for a whole nother season of stories about this. Oh boy, just so, so looking forward to people talking about this for a whole year.
1: Yeah, they've done a really good job of uh, Ignor- totally eliminating this problem in the NFL. Ignoring the
0: sport and instead, like, doing. I uh, just, it's so. Uh, we're going to find you. Oh, we're not going to find you. Yeah, they're just going to end up not finding him. It's going to be so boring. All right, anyway, uh, Kevin, you want to talk holdouts? Go okay. ahead. So,
1: a couple of things. Uh, also, I want to bring up an update for last week's part on the NFC North Division. Um, Ziggy Ansah starting the season on the Pup List, and we talked about how he's literally the only way of providing pass rush on the Detroit Lions, and so him starting off on the Pup List is a big problem for them.
0: Yeah, big problem. So
1: holding out, uh, Sam Darnold with with the uncommon rookie contract holdout. He's uh, pulling to Joey Bosa. Uh, Julio Jones looks like he won't be showing up for camp. Uh, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack. Earl Thomas and Lev Bell. And there's a few others that may or may not their report dates haven't really come up yet.
0: Yeah, Levion
2: Bell said he's going to he's going to hold out all year. Well, I, I I don't know, man. I, I kind of believe him.
0: Le'Veon Bell has now said like something to the tune of the opposite of that. Now, he what? like he like reacted to no. Todd Gurley's contract, but but he's basically said like if I play this year, this is it. I'm never coming back to Steelers and I'm going to have the best season ever and get that money. Oh. So that's kind of where he he's at. Well, you know what? Right? That's if you're going to do 180, that's the way you do it. Yeah, he said he uh, and Alvin Kamara was like Le'Veon Bell's about to make me rich. That's <laughs> 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 that was my that was his response, which was my favorite. Um, okay, then that's it. That's all I got. That's the only one I really want to talk about. Okay. Uh, all right. That's NFL news. That's all the news you need to know in the around the NFL. Uh, let's get on to our NFC South preview. We're one week away from the one everyone actually cares about. That's
2: it. <laughs> Which one is that? Oh, never mind.
0: We're we're so then so then uh, yeah so we're one week away and then but this one is the I would say like this this division has three legitimate you know playoff contenders that or they all made the playoffs last year and they're all still real good so I'm kind of excited to talk about this team in particular this division in particular so what. Uh, we're gonna start with the Saints. Saints won the division. They are at eleven and five. They tied with the Panthers, but won on a tiebreaker. Do you know what tiebreaker it was, Kevin? I didn't write it down.
1: Uh, I think it was division record, but I can't remember for sure. It wasn't head
0: to head, though. They split. I believe so. Okay, so then the Saints won. Uh, the eleven and five. They brought they, they resigned Drew Brees and then brought that brought in Patrick Robinson, Demario Davis, Jay Bromley, Ben Watson, and Cam Meredith. They dropped David Perry, Colby Fleener, Zach Street, Felice Need, the fourth, and Senio Calamete, a local legend. Uh, they drafted Marcus Davenport, Traquan Smith, and Rick. Leonard. Um, Eric, start off with you. What do you think about who who dat say day going to beat? Dem Saints. Yep, there you go. You got man, it. Yeah, I right. got it. Um, I, I just want to
2: comment Drew Brees with a new deal. we talking about these holdouts, and Drew Brees, old man river, has a new deal. Uh, I like the Saints quite a bit. The Saints, uh, they made big strides in their defense last year in a way that it still perplexes me. Uh, Kevin, you know, with all his draft coverage – We'll we'll circle, we'll circle a few players that would be like this guy's you know a game changer, but to change an entire side of the football the way that uh, the cornerback who's escaping my Marshawn Lettermore. a great season. It's it's still I don't get it. It's just one of those. I I'm I am more than amused. I'm incredulous. I really like the Saints still. I think that this is a team that can win the division because if anything this. Here we go. The the best thing I've ever said, and this is my last podcast for saying it. This team, if any team, plays on pure heart, it's the Saints. Uh, You can kick me out now for saying that. I feel like Drew Brees just kind of wills this team to win. They win in spite of Sean Payton. I like this team a lot, and I feel like that they're... Their pass rush is going to be a little better this year. I'm excited yeah. for Saints football.
0: Yeah, the thing, the thing that people are maybe that like Marshawn Lattimore gets all the credit, but Cameron Jordan kind of made the leap last year. Uh, he got 13 sacks, which was the most in in his career. Uh, they, and they, he was never a schlub. They bring in the supporting pass rusher and Marcus Davenport. Now they have two guys that can rush the passer as opposed to just eh, one. Yeah, I don't know about that. Da- Davenport's raw. I agree with that, Kevin. But like <laughs>
1: we have two guys they think are going to push. Right, push but the passer. he's only
0: going to play third downs. They're not going to make. He doesn't have to play first or second down. They'll have Rankins out there to to stop the run and and do all. the whatever he does. Helic
1: Kakaha can rush the passer a little bit. When you have a supplemental sack artist and get you like five sacks. All right. That's beneficial. So they
0: just need Daven- if Davenport it does anything, it's a plus. It's it's more like they brought it they knew they needed more pass rush eventually. Like they they just can't rely on Cameron Jordan to do it himself.
2: Well it's the only way that that team's gonna grow defensively. I mean you can you can make a big stride with Lattimore but it's not like you can do nothing and say, Oh next year he's gonna be even better. Like I feel like you can't just just depend on but that I
0: mean yeah, we can talk about the defense all day, but this team is still as always is about the offense. This offense is nuts. It's really good. Um the quarterback's good. They have two good running backs. They have five good wide receivers. They have a good offensive line. Um it's an it's a it's an insane offense. Um the defense is is is, is it's what it was last year, you know. It has potential. There's good players here, but I'm not like 100% sure how good this defense really is. Kevin, how do you feel about it?
1: So I think the thing with Lattimore is something we talk a lot about a lot with wide receivers, but there's a phenomenon that happens with cornerbacks as well. Lattimore is like a true number one corner. He's a guy you can kind of put on an island, and he'll be able to handle it. He can man up on somebody else's best receiver, and what that allows is the safeties to play a little differently than they otherwise would. They can play in a supportive role in other areas or be used otherwise in coverage. It allows corners to slot in on receivers that maybe they're more capable of covering. So that's kind of what you saw. In addition to the pass rush uh, that you're getting more of with Jordan uh, having a very good year, Lattimore just kind of lets everyone else on that defense do what they're supposed to do. So you saw Von Bell take a step forward. You saw Marcus Williams outside of what everyone remembers him for last year having a really good season at safety as a rookie. Uh, Demario Davis was a nice little pickup as far as somebody who's good against the run, not necessarily a coverage guy. Uh, But Alex Anzaloni can handle the coverage if he can stay healthy. So I think that you're looking at a middle or just below middle of the pack defense, which with an explosive offense is really all that you need. And I think the Cam Meredith signing is underrated.
0: He's on the pup list to start the season.
1: I think Traequan Smith is a really good draft pick, though, too. I think that the receiver core got better. And so when you have a better receiver core, along with that powerhouse at running back, and Drew Brees is just the ever-present, accurate, steady arm, this offense that you have no reason to believe it's going to be outside of the top five offenses, that it's reliably— That
0: was Brandon Coleman they put on the pup list. Oh, okay. But he's still good, too.
1: Yeah, he's still good. But I think Cam Meredith uh, fits into the offense really well, along with Michael Thomas, who I think Michael Thomas is just now finally starting to get the credit that he deserves as one of the top wide receivers in the NFL.
0: He's so strong and and big. Uh, all right. Uh, Kevin, starts off. What's your record for the Saints? Uh,
1: I think that it's hard to back-to-back be that consistent i think they would be a little bit worse record wise but about the same talent wise i'm not 10 and 6 and making the playoffs all
0: right uh
2: eric because i like to be bold and just look at old records and the new schedule and be like yeah it makes sense to me 11 and 5 right to Uh 11 and 5 i'm
0: going against the grain a little bit here i think going from a third playing a third place schedule to a first place schedule is going to have a pretty big impact on on this team um they the first place schedule for the NFC South means they have to play the Eagles, the the Vikings, and the Rams, which I would consider those all to be borderline guaranteed losses. Um, I have the Rams at at eight and eight with upside for nine and seven, but I think the first place schedule comes back to uh to bite them in the butt. You have the so Saints at eight and eight. The Saints at eight and eight. Yeah, what did I say? It's brutal. Rams. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, the Saints at I eight wish. and eight. Uh, all right. Next up, we got the Panthers. The Panthers last year were eleven and five. They added C.J. Anderson, Ross Cockrell, Jarius Wright, Denoris Circe, and Den Terry Poe. They dropped Andrew Norwell, Ed Dixon, John Stewart, Starlo Tulaley, and Charles Johnson. They drafted D.J. Moore, Dante Jackson, and Rashawn Golden. Uh, Eric started last time, so let's start with Kevin. Kevin, where does your breakdown start for those Carolina Panthers?
1: I think the Carolina Panthers cannot stay consistent, and that starts with the quarterback, who is completely inconsistent. This is a team that lost in my opinion, they're only good offensive lineman. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They upgraded their pass-catching situation. I think DJ Moore is a really good fit. I think Torrey Smith makes a lot of sense in a Norv Turner vertical offense, which is what Cam runs best, because he can't throw short and accurate, so you might as well pump it out deep a bunch. Uh, I think Greg Olson is always kind of the big thing. If Greg Olson can stay healthy, then the offense can work. They're looking at You know, there's talk of 200 carries for Christian McCaffrey. You got to wonder if that's the best use of him. Uh, CJ Anderson should be seeing the ball quite a bit. On defense, thin. That's my review of this entire defense. This is a defensive unit that is just very thin. They put a lot of bodies into corner, which which is a smart move.
0: It's a very talented defensive unit, though. Julius Peppers, Don Terry Poe, Mario Addison, Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekly, Thomas Davis... Uh, then they drafted a bunch of cornerbacks to try to fix because that was obviously where the problem was. And they yeah, signed Ross, Golden and they signed Ross Cockrell, who's a good star corner. I agree. Too. Um, but so, I feel
1: like they're two injuries away from being like a middle of the pack defense, and they need to be better than that for this team to have a chance to push for the playoffs. This is a team I am uninspired by.
0: Uh, Eric, what do you how do you feel about the the, the Carolina Panthers?
2: Uh, Kevin really spoke to me with his analysis on Cam Newton. This is a player. And Cam Newton, I don't, I've never believed in He's past the point of maturing. He's, uh, I don't know, man. He's like the Ron Artest of the NFL. He's the guy with so much ability and so much talent. Yeah, and, Ron
0: Artest never won the MVP, though.
1: Like, yeah, a, do you I mean, mean, Metal World piece.
0: You yeah, don't, thank you, You Don't, Kevin. Wanna, you don't, don't underrate, like, the, how high the ceiling is for Cam Newton. Like, oh, it's, it's very high. It's but, very high. But look at Ron Artest. Ron Artest was a guy who could.
2: Play More or less, he could play defense, but he wasn't a schlub on offense. And I felt like that guy was held back by his immaturity. And that's exactly how I feel about Cam Newton. There's nothing great in Cam Newton's work ethic, in my opinion, because I don't believe in his work ethic.
1: Uh, what's the center from Orlando Howard? Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Is, I think better, that's kind of a better, that makes sense. Better comparable. Yeah,
2: okay, oh. that, that works. That's fine.
1: Um, He's got very impressive physical abilities and he's shown the ability to put it all together but you can't rely on him in the intangibles or unquestionably not there
2: and i don't like uh, i don't know man i just i can't root for the guy and that really sucks because coming out i was like man this guy looks so cool he's so big there's like those big quarterbacks that can run that can take hits and cam newton is that guy but man anytime he opens his mouth i'm just like oh this guy flipped his car he was like, "Oh yeah, I just wasn't watching the road." I, I feel, don't, I don't I feel get like it.
0: Cam Newton is consistently underrated by people because he's like kind of a powder but he's a very talented football player and i think that people have trouble like looking past the the attitude issues to see that. Here's my thing about the Carolina Panthers. Every other year they do really good and we're in the year where they don't do good. Yes. So, uh, it's true. I put, so i put them at 8 and 8. I think that this is like a good roster. It's a solid team. They need to sign like one more offensive lineman or trade for an offensive lineman because this offensive line is a straight up dumpster fire. Uh, that's the, It's gonna hold their offense back. Like I like everything else about this team. I think the defense is solid. Uh, should be like a borderline top ten defense. Uh, the offense is good. I like Torrey Smith and DJ Moore. I think those are like good signings. It's definitely better than having stupid Kelvin Benjamin out there in his like giant body. right Wright's not bad either. Like they brought they brought in good players to su- they brought in good surround, fits. surround Cam Newton with. I feel like it's like a, a good roster he can succeed with. They just he's never gonna have time to throw and he's the, the rest let the let him get the crap beat out of him because he's big like a hit that drew Brees would definitely get a 15 yard flag more cam newton sometimes doesn't get be- yes. just because yeah this has been proven. just because he's like a giant and i think it it's a it's a real shame because he i mean it's the same hit it should just be consistent at uh least.
1: it's been shown uh quarterbacks with a per- with quarterbacks that often run do not get calls and this has been a consistently shown penalty, and Cam Newton. I mean, we all remember that game against Denver where he just got the crap kicked out of him for an entire game. Well, because
2: of his size, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger gets it to an extent as well. Like they're just not leveling fines on people or penalties. It's same thing happened to Shaq in the NBA. To draw another comparison.
0: Yeah, I. But, I, so, but like I said, I like the team. Uh, the eight and eight, but there's there's upside here for me too. Um, they, they're going to have to win their tough games, though, to go up. Like, I have them 0-5 against teams I have with winning records, um, which are uh, a team we haven't talked about yet. Eagles, Seahawks, um, Steelers. So, I mean, all the teams I have been playing with winning records, they have, I have them as losses.
1: Yeah, I have them at 9-7 and seven for very similar reasons. I just don't think they can keep the health and consistency available for the entirety of the season.
0: We all kind of agree. This is a team with, with upside potential, but probably the offensive line holds them back. Here comes Eric with the low ball. Uh, no, I, here's the thing. Because
2: of uh, their defense, because of Christian McCaffrey, um, because of Cam Newton, who I'm going to, you know, I've, I've talked shit about. But let's face it, he wills that team to win. I have them at a great, crazy 10-6. and six. Oh, is that a, pl- a playoff 10
0: and six or just a, just a, just missing, play- just a missing. All
2: right. Just missing 10 Ooh, and six. Very, s-
0: very solid 10 and six. All right. Um, then uh, next team for me is the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons were 10 and six last year. They made it to the playoffs. Uh, they added Brandon Fusco, Logan Paulson, Justin Bethel, Terrell McClain, Ron Parker, and they lost Adrian Claiborne, Courtney Upshot, Nick Williams, and Terry Poe drafted Calvin Ridley, Isaiah Oliver, and DeAndre Sinat. Um, here's my thing. I'm gonna, since it's my turn to start, here's my thing about this team. They easily could have folded after that Super Bowl loss, packed it in, and been really bad, and they just weren't. Um, and I think this defense is a little underrated. Uh, the defense actually, it's gone the other way. Like they were, they were like kind of overrated for a year, and then now I feel like everyone just hates on this defense. And it's not a bad defense. It's fast. They're good. They're well coached, and the offense is is great. There's just uh, a Sarkeesian that they need to like somehow extra extra. Get out of their team. They need to get rid of Steve Sarkisian. But adding Calvin Ridley is a, is huge. It's a great weapon. Their offensive line is awesome. They have Freeman and Coleman, great running backs, and Matt Ryan is is solid. So, um, I'm super into into this Atlanta Falcons team. I think they're really, really good. Um, you know, everyone says Vic Beasley's a one trick pony, but it's a really great trick. It's a trick that gets you like 15 sacks a year. So keep keep it up, Vic Beasley. You're you're the man. Uh, all right, Kevin, how do you feel about him?
1: Uh, I think it's a really interesting team. I like what you said about their defense. The way that their defense built, is built makes a ton of sense to me. I loved the Isaiah Oliver pickup. I think uh, Sanat was a really nice pickup because they need depth on that defensive line. Their defensive line is my big question mark, but I think somebody to keep an eye on is uh, Takaris McKinley, yeah. who is their draft pick out of UCLA. And last year he got six sacks, but he has the makings of a quality pass rusher. If he can be that complimentary piece to Vic Beasley, then you have Dion Jones and these linebackers that can roam and cover really well. And then you have Robert Alford took a step forward. Desmond Trufant played really well till he got hurt uh isaiah oliver could push for some time there this is a really really good set of defensive backs so if the pass rush is there i think that this defense is going to be again in that like 10th to 15th range which is really good when you're pairing it with what i think should be a top five offense yeah
0: tack mckinley could make the leap this year i could see him getting like 12 sacks absolutely
1: he has that kind of talent for sure and the thing is, you can't just run away from him because That's Vic right. Beasley's there, and Vic it, Beasley's great at mopping up. And
0: those guys are both really fast, too, for defensive linemen. Yep, there's going to get some backside pursuit sacks for sure. Yeah.
1: And so the addition of Calvin Ridley to Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones gives them the best receiving core they've had probably since uh, Roddy White was good. Yeah. Um,
2: when they overlapped, Julio and him overlapped this, a little this, bit.
1: This this, this is offensive new- line is really good, and Devontae Freeman... You might have forgotten, by the way, Devontae Freeman, really friggin' good as a running back.
0: Yeah, they um, he's like the only running back in the NFL that has more than... It's like some kind of... It's a fantasy thing. He's like the most consistent running back over the last four years. And so, he
1: can do it on both sides. Like the, the big thing about him and Tevin Coleman is both of them can catch the ball respectably and run respectably. So whichever one's in there on any down, it doesn't limit what they can do in any way, shape, or form.
2: That's like having two backs that mirror each other. So when one is catching the ball, the other one's being um, the power runner.
1: Yeah, And then
0: yeah, I agree, Kevin, with the with the wide receivers especially. Like these first three wide receivers is the best three they've ever put on the field at the same time. If Julio Jones doesn't show up, I mean obviously that's a huge loss. Nathan are you putting Calvin Ridley as that third receiver?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Um, I those, Sunu might I might end up working the slot. It's going to be interesting to see which one works the slot. Yeah. They okay. both Sanu have the is, ability to make catches over the middle, though. Calvin Ridley's not a small guy.
0: And Sanu is so versatile. I and, mean, there's d- a big step step people down. sleep on him, but he's really good. There's a big step down for them from third receiver to fourth receiver, too. I should just point that out. Yeah, Justin like, Hardy is not the person. I'm not a Justin on. Hardy, Russell Gage believer. Just I'm going to throw that out there. So, I mean, they're four hours here. But they got Austin Hooper, who I think is a really good tight end, so... They yeah. can be they can be a little tricky with uh, how they line up their tight end and,
1: and Logan Paulson who's shown the ability to catch a pass mm-hmm. when he's healthy. All
0: right, Eric, do you have any Atlanta Atlanta Falcons thoughts? No,
2: nothing that you guys haven't already said or that I chimed the, in on. I'll say give this: us the record they didn't really lose anybody and they gained people via the draft and they also have uh, you know some improvements. I like this team a lot. I have them at eleven and five.
0: All right, I'm right there with you. I have the Falcons winning the division at twelve and four.
2: I almost haven't him
0: for.
1: Uh I think that the Falcons did not get worse. May have gotten slightly better and were better than their record last year. I also have them at eleven and five and winning the division.
0: Yeah, we're we're on the same page with that, which means they'll probably suck. All right, <laughs> uh, but the last team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers added Vinnie Curry, Mitch Unrein, Bo Allen, Ryan Jensen, and Jason Pierre-Paul. They lost Robert Ayers, Chris Baker, Clint McDonald, Douglas Martin, and J.R. Sweezy. Those last two are kind of jokes, guys. Uh, they drafted Vita Vea, Carlton Davis, M.J. Stewart, and Ronald Jones. This team might have the best defensive interior line in the entire nfl eric yeah. is this the year for the bucks
2: uh, is this the year for the bucks to go back to the creamsicles nathan i don't know if that's going to happen every year i pray but i, I don't know if it's going <laughs> to happen or not what,
0: what about that is the football team going to be good <sighs> let's let's just talk about the
2: elephant in the room and that's the cleveland browns who's going to be worse the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> or the Cleveland Browns. Here's the thing about Tampa Bay. It's going to be close. I do like their interior defensive line. I don't, I don't mind their players. I like their draft class. Um, you know, I, I feel like to say this team is only going to win two games is a great injustice, but I can't find anything that I really, really am passionate about seeing this team winning games. And I, looking at their schedule, I feel like they're not going to win games. Uh, they are starting the year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we all know is our favorite quarterback from Harvard. Uh, did you
1: know that he goes? He went to Harvard. Yeah,
2: did you, I He scored a perfect wonderlick, Kevin.
1: He's really smart. He, he has went to a, Harvard. He has
2: a beard, also. Uh, the fact that His Ryan Fitzpatrick is still uh, starting in the NFL—it's just it—it'd be funnier if it wasn't so true. So that's how I feel about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: All right, um, I'll go next. Uh, the, the thing about the Buccaneers for me is that, um, their offensive line is, is not very good. Uh, I mean, Marpet might be better as a guard than he was as a tackle. Um, DeMar Dotson is, is okay. Uh, so, so I don't love their offensive line. I think it's like a slight, it's a really similar offensive line to the Seahawks without like the, the all pro anchor Dwayne Brown, who I think will really drag the team uh, up, up a notch, uh. Then, so then that, that's what I'm going to start with. Then they, got, they drafted a running back, which is good. They needed Ronald Jones. They've got decent wide receivers uh, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Adams, and then they're going to roll with uh, either like Humphreys, Godwin, or Watson as their third guy. Uh, they, they, Jameis Winston sucks, though. So the offense will be bad. And then Ryan, I'm not even including the fact that I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is is also trash. But so I'll just leave that out there. But Jameis Winston is like Cam Newton if he was actually always bad. Like it's like Cam Newton without the high ceiling. Just and what the, what happened to Jameis floor. Winston?
2: Because when he came into the league. Uh, a lot
0: of guys who show promise, they they look all right. And you used to his completion percentage has gone up every year in the NFL since he's been in the NFL. And you kind of liked him too. I liked his attitude. I felt like he had like a good like leadership quality leadership about quality. him. Um, he's thrown for four thousand yards twice, which is something Cam Newton's never done. So, but the
1: PFF I just, guys, I think, said it perfectly. He's just. He's never progressed since his freshman year of college. he is still the exact same quarterback.
0: This defense is pretty decent too like I, it just doesn't have like a really consistent pass rush and also I have no faith that Gerald McCoy is going to play a full NFL season. Gerald McCoy just he gets hurt every year so why would he why would he stay healthy this year? He misses at least one game. He has not played a full season since 2013. He misses at least one game and then he fights injuries the rest of the season. So I mean, yeah, it's cool. He always ends up with eight stacks, so even though he's hurt, but if he could play a fully healthy season next to Vita Vea, this defense will be terrifying. And I feel like you can game plan against their pass rush. They drafted a lot of cornerbacks, so now they have like a solid like four man cornerback rotation. Uh, I don't know. It's like not a horrible roster. I just but nothing I, gets you excited, right? No, and I don't like Dirt Cutter. Like it's 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 just really hard for me to get pumped up about the the Jameis Winston led team. Kevin?
1: You just hit a really big one for me, and that is I don't think Dirk Cutter is a good NFL coach.
0: Well, they got worse the first season. He's second season. From first to second season with him.
1: Yep. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, Adam Humphreys, really good wide receiver core. Chris Godwin, really nice piece to add in there. They had him all last year. It got him to 5-11. and 11. Offensive line, you shift over Evan Smith because you picked up Ryan Jensen from Baltimore. Where Baltimore's offensive line wasn't great last year. And Ali Marpet, I like a lot. And Donovan Smith is solid, but like two people, two and a half people does not make a good offensive line. Uh, Ryan Ronald Jensen Jones, looks like. I have no Kevin, trust in Jones don't, to be healthy. Don't,
0: don't take offense to this, but Ryan Jensen looks like your dopey half brother. Like have you No, seen... I was looking at it. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure you knew it that. It looks like Kyle shaved well. <laughs> okay, so yeah, continue. <laughs> uh,
1: Jason Pierre Paul maybe he can mentor Noah Spence and they can finally get something out of him too. But like,
0: yeah, they do not get good pass rush from their defensive ends. I don't
1: trust the pass rush. I think they have a really good linebacking core, like a really, really good linebacking core, but I don't really Quan
0: Quan Alexander and Levante David are dope.
1: Yeah. And Kendall Beckwith, I think is an interesting player to have. And so then, as you said, they had Carlton Davis who should be able to start on the outside. They have MJ Stewart who should be able to push Brent Grimes or Vernon Hargraves. So you should have good corner play, but I mean, their safeties are Keith Tandy and Chris Conte.
0: Yeah, I don't like Tandy that's not at good. all.
1: And C- if Justin Conte Evans is like can't take a starting job, that's average. sad.
0: Yeah, Justin Evans should have beat one of these Evan guys. Evans
1: should be able to beat one of these guys. He should be that good. If he's not, I also question the defensive coaching at that point. The
0: Jordan Is Jordan Whitehead good, Kevin, the safety that they drafted?
1: Uh, Jordan Whitehead. Pittsburgh. No, they picked they mean, used a fourth round pick
2: on him. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that Kevin Kevin thought and then he started clicking through his notes and he was like,
1: No He's not terrible. Uh I don't know. I, I think he's a measurables guy. Uh he's gonna be more, he's a better free safety than strong safety, but I think the same thing about Evans. So they, now got they the, have two free safeties. They
0: got the Catman to come in and kick. Does that help you, Eric? Do you, you excited about the Catman? Can't Chandler Catanzaro? Two years ago, yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm still waiting
2: for them to give Aguayo another chance.
1: So I'm gonna open it up. Uh, they were 5-11 and 11 last year. I don't think the team got better enough to make a difference. They're 5-11 and 11 this year for me.
0: I did the same thing. They were 5-11 and 11 last year. They basically ran back the same team or very, a very similar one. And I don't
1: th- think they can take advantage of the upgrades they've gotten.
0: With a few extra draft picks, I think there's going to be growing pains, and Jameis Winston sucks. I put him also at... Five and eleven. Also, I think it, it's almost a hundred percent they start out the season zero and three without Winston. They yes. play the Saints, Eagles, and Steelers,
1: Horrible and it, those would be hard with Winston.
0: Those are those are te- Those are teams that they're going to struggle to beat. At least they had two of those games at home. Now those are three guaranteed losses. They're oh, gonna, but
1: it gets easy because then they get an improving Chicago followed by the Falcons. This is ugly.
0: There's a good chance that they go into the bye zero and four, uh, and that's being generous. I, I just think that the schedule lined up poorly for them. They don't. Those were not the games you wanted. Your best, your best. I put it in quotes because I don't like Jameis Winston, but best player to be missing. Uh, Eric, what's your record for the Bucks? The I'm
2: going to shock Bucks. the world. I have this team at three and thirteen. All right, there you go. I hate this. I hate this uh, team's record so, against winning teams. If
0: you think we're wrong about the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, and Buccaneers, send us a message. Send us your thoughts. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, roll into the money zone, and the uh, the money zone is where you can give us money. You can head over to Patreon.com/seahawksnest, and for as little as a dollar twenty-four a month, gain access to our uh, c- content, extra content. Um, it's weekly content during the regular season. It's less than weekly as we take the summer off. I put that in quotes because uh, we still make a podcast every week. But, but
1: starting the first full week of August, you will get your gambling podcast. Yeah, you degenerates. You.
0: It's a. We it, know our people. It's a um. Yeah, it's the thing. Um, I would read all the Patreon names, but uh, stupid Patreon logged me out, and then I have two-step verification enabled, so uh, that's that's a thing that's not going to happen right now. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, sorry if you're a Patreon and you want you like the part where I read your name every week. Uh, it'll be back next week. Um, wait, Maybe. Let, me see, let me see if I can do it on my phone while I do the other part of the money zone. If you don't have any money and you like Terry Brett, uh, and you Augustine. like to support our thing. Uh, yeah, I just try to remember. Kevin. Try to remember all the names. Here, wait, wait. I think I got Kyle. It. Josh. Eagle River. Charlie. Jesus. Uh, I think I got it. Just wait. Here we go. Charlie a, and Jesus. I may be
2: just reading members of our fantasy I got football it on league. Me, league. I got it on my Mike. phone.
0: Here we go. Forrest, Lucas, Carrie, Mike, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur, Frank, Tom, Michelle, Josh, Brett, Augustine, Brian, William, Russell, Zachary, Kevin, Cody, Kimberly, and Nick. Thank you so much for your support. It is helping us to keep going and uh also it's going to help us buy new cords for these microphones starting at the beginning of the season.
1: Hey, you should see some audio uh, quality improvement.
0: So then uh if you don't have any money, you're you're broke, you're dead broke. You're a teacher like me and Kevin and you're just like I can't afford anything. Uh you can head over to facebook.com/chawksnest twittercom nest You can head over to your favorite podcast app and give us five stars. You can go over to uh you can go to Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Google Play Store. Uh, I don't even know. There's so many places you can get podcasts now. And if if you listen to this podcast and you have trouble finding it every week because it's not on your favorite podcast app, please let me know. I will put it on there. It's not that hard usually to register, but it is. We're not also
1: f- tell us which one it is because we'll find that funny. Twenty and we'll give them a lot of crap by way, on there.
0: Twenty-eight five-star ratings. Thank you to all twenty-eight of you who have done that. It is like way, 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 way helpful. Um, all right, and then that's that's it. That's all I got for. Um, for the money zone you guys the ready zone to the you guys zone. ready for our movie our movie club this week our movie club this week is the comic-con hype meter we did this last year it was like one of our most well-received movie zones of the whole off season people thought it was great
1: these smorgasbord episodes i really so, enjoy
0: so here's it is there, we should
1: start doing like a rundown for each of the seasons what we did
0: too. what we did is we watched 10 uh trailers for the comic-con movies if you want to play along go ahead and watch these 10 trailers and then when you're done rank them out of 10 or rank them 1 to 10 uh, I I gave them a score out of 100 Kevin did a 5 star thing Eric just kind of uh, did his own personal er, ratings uh, and so thumbs uh, up thumbs these, down thumbs sideways alright there you go and then he kind of ordered it from there so these are the movies we watched trailers for we watched Glass uh, Fantastic Beasts The Curse of Grindelwald Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, Shazam Aquaman Assassination Nation Overlord Alita Battle Angel, Welcome to Marwyn, and Robin Hood. And I'll say this Welcome to Marwyn was a not a fit with the rest of these movies. One of these uh, things all right, is not. Like let's start with the this. Others. Which one of these trailers did you each like the best? Eric, what was your number one?
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> the mic just attacked me. Uh, man, I was stoked for Godzilla. I watched that trailer like 10 times. I don't care who's directing it. I think it looks incredible. Mothra made me cry. Not really, but
0: uh man, Godzilla looks so good. It really yeah, it f- I, feel like, I feel like it, it you you have like a like a you, I could just see like the little kid, and you light up in that movie. Like I didn't, yes. I don't have the nostalgia for it, so I like. Oh, I don't have nostalgia to, either. But the last me, Godzilla movie was so dope. Yeah, then you didn't even see the new King Kong either, did you? the, no. like the That's in this universe. Uh, that that movie was really good. I, I
2: actually, I thought the next movie was supposed to be Godzilla versus King Kong.
0: That will be that will be awesome. I I'm guess they're they're so holding off it. on that. Hopefully, hopefully Jordan Voight Robert it, the guy I'd who directed the the Kong movie because I think that's why I like that Kong movie. How so much. a monkey gonna get off the island? Uh, all right. Kevin, what was your number one?
1: This I'm almost ashamed to say because I am many brands of nerd, but this is not a brand of nerd of which I am. It's the Fantastic Beasts sequel.
0: I actually thought that trailer was really fun. Because it made
1: it look like (laughs) it was a spy thriller set in the Harry Potter universe, which is not a thing that I knew I wanted. But now I, now I want it. I,
0: I gave it a pretty high rating as, really as well. Uh, it I was, gave it four out of five stars. I gave it a, a, a 66 out of 100. I used it out of 100. <laughs> but it, it ranked fifth for me. I really liked the um, the Gross Curse of Grindelwald trailer. I thought it was neat. It looks really fun. Uh... I know it's going to be bland because David Yates sucks, but the trailer was good. So at least I'll have this moment to remember. Um, I'll say this. I really liked the first Fantastic Beast movie, but it's one of the only movies I've seen in IMAX 3D. And it's like probably a really great movie to see in IMAX 3D. So that might be coloring my I opinion a, bit it a little I saw
1: it in bit. non-3D and still found it very fun and enjoyable. I just
2: like the J.K. Rowling wrote it. So you know it's not like a Hollywood, let's just put this in there for no reason. It's J.K. Rowling putting things in there for some reason.
0: All right, I feel, almost feel bad doing this, Eric. Are you ready? My number one, Shazam. I like Ooh. that Shazam trailer. It was very fun. It made me laugh. Uh, it looks like it doesn't fit into the DC universe at all, which is nope. exactly what I want at this point. Yep. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like super into Shazam. Yeah. It's basically superhero big, right? Give me... Yeah, exactly. It looks
1: fun and dumb. Give me two things I enjoy.
0: Give me Shazam as my as my number one. <laughs> uh, all right, let's now do it the opposite. What was your number ten? And I'll start. We'll go backwards. I'll start. My number ten, uh, Alita: Battle Angel. I don't know who this movie is for. I barely understand why this movie exists, and if. Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell couldn't find an audience. I don't see why this can be any different. Um, The highest grossing open for a non-spy kids Robert Rodriguez movie is like $29 million. So set your expectations low for what you think of Alita Battle Angel. Uh, That's kind of how I feel about that. Kevin, what was your last place one?
1: Uh, This movie feels like the kind of movie that you need to get drunk in the parking lot before seeing in theaters, which may or may not be the first thing I planned on doing upon seeing the trailer for this. Uh, if you have Movie Pass, great Movie Pass movie. Apparently, they could not get the rights for Castle Wolfenstein, so they just went ahead and named their movie Overlord.
0: Yeah, Overlord. That movie looks cool. I put it third. That movie looks dumb. Yeah. and bad. Wait, but you put you put it tenth. It's I like put the it ten- last. Oh wow. wow, I have it third. I thought that movie looks
2: like I thought like you were more excited fun.
0: when when you were like Eric, this
2: is. You it, know what this is? It looks
1: like something that should be getting uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Which you said is what I will be doing in my head as I am <laughs> drunk in the theater watching it.
2: It was, it was on Kevin's like Eric. You know what this is, and then the whole time I was like, "Is this Wolfenstein?" Uh, <laughs> <Right>. Hey Eric, <laughs> I what I did, I didn't get the rights. Where did you put Overlord, Eric? Uh, I put it third to last. Like okay. it, it looks fun to me. I, I really can't. I, I really the, hope
0: it hits Netflix. I ranked it high because it's like the kind of movie I would like. All right, Eric, what was your last place film? Man, it's that uh, terrible Robin Hood movie. I, yeah. uh, see, I thought when you said get drunk and watch this Robin Hood Mar watch this movie, I was like, oh, he's talking about Robin Hood. That movie looks like you should be You should be definitely like four beers in before you watch Robin Hood. I feel like Robin Hood will be the first movie on this list to hit basic cable.
1: So my bottom. Like it will be on
0: it will be on FX <laughs> we'll be on next on FX. summer. OK, yes, before you go FX. before you go to that, Kevin, yes. we're going to we're going to we're going to knock out the rest in a certain way. So don't. Oh, OK, uh, so.
1: I was going to say, say, my bottom three movies are all get drunk and go to the theater movies. Yeah, so Ro- so it's, it's a theme.
0: Robin Hood was six for me. What did you have uh, Robin Hood at, Kevin? I had
1: it at uh,
0: eighth. Eighth. All right.
1: So oh, then- now, to
2: be fair, both of you guys were talking about how this movie is so dumb, but I can't wait to see it. Yes. Agreed. So it's, it's for those of you listening, like, oh, how come there's such a disparity? It's, it's too dumb. I don't want to see it.
0: I had a tie for eighth, so I'm going to break the tie in my head before we get there. All right, let's go ahead. So these are the movies that haven't been mentioned yet. Aquaman. Uh, where did you put Aquaman, Eric?
2: Man, I hit a uh, second from the top. It's Here's the thing. Uh, I named my dog Aquaman 10 years ago. It's not because I'm a huge Aquaman fan. I just thought it would be a really stupid name for a dog. But the fact that we are <laughs> getting an Aquaman movie, and it looks like it fits in the DC Universe, but it also kind of looks like a Marvel movie. If anything, they've they made a movie about a guy who talks to fish and lives underwater look really cool the villains look a big deal for me comic book accurate I like James Wan quite a bit yeah I was going to say I like James Wan man Like he he's daggers honestly I think like the only actor that I don't love in this movie is Jason Mimosa and I don't dislike him I just don't think he has really any acting chops I just think he's a handsome Hawaiian dude who was really nice to me at Comic Con five years ago before he was big
0: Okay, and I also had Aquaman second. Kevin, where'd you put Aquaman? Sixth. All right, so Kevin, you're a little down on Aquaman. What, did you just not, down not, not, not into it there? Uh,
1: it looked a lot like the Justice League movie from the trailer, and the Justice League movie was vanilla pudding.
0: It doesn't... It didn't look as washed out as the Justice League movie. It did to
1: me. It looked like, oh, let's check the action box. Oh, let's check the scene where you see big stuff. I mean the color palette. Oh, okay. I mean, sure, it was vibrant and everything. I just, I don't know. I need to be given reasons to trust this movie, and that trailer didn't do enough. It brought, the okay, if if the trailer hadn't looked as good as it did, it'd be 10th. It came up to sixth, which makes it better than the get drunk and go to the theater movies. Okay, wh- where did That's you? That's where I'm comfortable.
0: I didn't get where you guys put Shazam. Since I had it first, Eric, where'd you have Shazam? Uh, third from the top. And then Eric or Kevin, you're third. Shazam, third. Also, yeah. okay.
1: It looked really enjoyable. Okay. That's a movie I will take the family to, and we will laugh, and it'll be funny. We talked <laughs> my
0: number three movie, Overlord. Number four, I had Assassination Nation, which is like a really bizarre um, looking, uh, thr- like horror thriller. It looks like a, what the Purge movies maybe should have been. Uh, did, you, did you guys like this trailer as much as me, or did you have it a little lower?
1: So, Robin Hood, Assassination Nation, and Overlord, those are my bottom three, get drunk and go to the theater movies, because I have no interest in seeing them sober.
2: I feel like Assassination Nation is that, that's, it's a redundant it's a title, by before. the way. <laughs> it's funny, every year there's, like, this is a Heathers for a new generation. <laughs> I feel like that fits this movie perfectly. It's a totally different take on something, it seems somewhat original, somewhat topical, I like it. I don't know if I'll see it in theater though, right. but I like it.
0: We already talked. My number five, Curse of Grindelwald. Number six, Robin Hood. I had seven, Godzilla. Okay, we already talked all the movies. Number eight, I had Welcome to Marwin. Did you guys have? I'm assuming you both had it much higher than this. I had a fifth. Okay, and Eric. I, I like
1: the true stories based on. It makes it interesting to me. And I I, like Steve Crow.
0: I have it fourth because uh, it looks really good. I watched the documentary. And it's more or less about my hobby. Right. I uh, I I'm not trying to cry when I go to the movies, so I just like <laughs> I don't. I always like low rate these movies because I'm never going to see them anyway. It does uh, feel like they're really pulling at that so Oscar where string. You have
1: glass, because I had that second glass. I have ninth. Wow.
0: Um, I think it looks so stupid, and uh, you and were so high on what was the other one that I missed. I love Split. Split. But I just think this looks bad. Uh, I
1: think it reminds me of that. uh, Was it Identity with John Cusack? That movie was really weird. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: um, I just think that this movie. I don't know. It it could be really good if it reviews well. Obviously, I'm going to see it. That trailer though was like not what I wanted. For me, like
1: Glass and Shazam were like neck and neck. I have it one second and one third. I have it eighth. For very different reasons. I'll, oh, so you hated it too? I
2: didn't hate it. I just wasn't in excited because the trailer didn't do anything for me. Yeah, it's like, it's like not a
0: great trailer too. And I not did not. Trailer.
2: And I did not see uh, Split.
0: Uh, here's the thing: all of these movies except for Alita: Battle Angel, I kind of want to see. Like I gave them all a fifty or above, except for Alita. So that should kind of tell you, uh, Alita. I gave a twenty-five. <laughs>
1: I want to watch Alita just to support high concept sci-fi, but not because I think the movie looks that good. It just looks. And Godzilla was fourth for me. Alita was uh, seventh.
0: Who do they make that movie for? I don't get it. There's so many good actors in that movie too. Yes.
1: There's
2: a lot of fans of manga, and that's a pretty popular manga. I don't get it personally. Plus, I'm sorry, James Cameron is making it. You really think it's not gonna make a hundred million dollars? James Cameron
0: didn't make it. Robert Rodriguez made it. James, James Cameron, Cameron paid did for it. He paid for it. That's enough. James Cameron got out his checkbook and said, Go ahead and make this like while well, I make Avatar Four.
1: He lost a bet at a barbecue. He said, "Hey, I bet I can throw this football over the mountains," and then he couldn't. I just think cyber and he had to cut a check forever.
0: Cyberpunk is like the least mainstream uh, genre they could go to.
1: It's steampunk would be the only one under it.
0: By the way, Guillermo del Toro was the original person who like brought this to this property to James Cameron's attention. I'd be so much more excited about it if del Toro was directing instead of Robert Rodriguez. That That's a fact. Such a different movie too. That would have been um, I
1: just wonder how is gonna fit into the Shark Boy and Lava Girl universe <sighs> uh, with Taylor Lautner.
0: Do you know? Do you know how those movies got named, Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Uh, I do. Is it
1: like Snakes on a Plane, where that was the placeholder title? They're yep. like, you gotta keep it. I know. Robert Rodriguez
0: asked his kids. He said, "What would be cool names for superheroes?" And they said, "Yeah, Shark Boy." And then he's like, "Okay, well, they need a sidekick," and they were like, "Lava Girl."
1: Those are definitely his kids. That is my review. Yep.
0: That's his. That's what. That's why. That's how we got Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, and unfortunately that's how we got shark boy I really like real. the, the woman who plays Alita, Rosa Salazar, she's on podcasts podcast I listen to all the time, she's funny uh, that's that's all I got for Alita Battle Angel i probably end up seeing it because I like always go see the eyes make me uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, they, I know what they're trying to do they but made it better from the first trailer the first trailer was worse, go back and watch the first trailer and then watch the second trailer, you'll see they like definitely responded to the feedback about the eyes um, yeah
1: the eyes remind me of uh, um superman's face in the entire justice league movie where it's just really distracting <laughs>
0: um it, yeah i just, i mean it just it looks it'll be interesting i don't know i don't think it'll i don't know if it'll be good <laughs> but, <laughs> but but it'll be so it's something worth watching i guess um all right is there any other comments you guys want to make about these uh comic-con trailers All right. If you went ahead and watched all ten trailers, tell us our rankings. Also, we got feedback about the Denzel Eliminator. Did you guys see that on Twitter? No, No. missed. Someone said that we missed. What's that movie where Russell Crowe comes out of VR and he's like a serial killer and he redoes serial crime? Oh wow! Um, Um, uh, They were like, I can't believe you missed this movie, and I go, Yeah, we really missed the movie where Russell Crowe comes out of VR. It's not Uh, the lawnmower, man, is it? (laughs) No, No, it's not. No, but that uh, help, help, help. (laughs) but I really now I really want it to be lawnmore man. No, it's virtuos- virtuosity. That's the one. It's the it's, Kevin, the, we'll it's call definitely it the second man. best Russell Crowe Denzel Washington movie. <laughs> <laughs> behind the one we picked. Um th- was it just just do you have have you guys seen this movie? Yes. I have not. Yes, I have seen. So, it. so Russell Crowe like basically starts remaking like Crimes but better. He has to do it better because he's Sid Six Point Seven, the ultimate killing machine.
1: Man, this is like a mid nineties movie, right? And then this sounds awful. Uh, Denzel has this to be the one to catch like, janky time cop. So Russell Crowe
0: basically is like an AI that is. His name is Sid, which stands for like sadistic, intelligent, and something else dangerous. Sadistic, intelligent, and dangerous. how would you make that? Uh, and then so AI. the the cops use it to train. Well, the, the AI somehow breaks out of the matrix and then Denzel has to be the one to stop it cuz Denzel's an Denzel, RoboCop Den, Denzel's like his favorite person to go against, the simulation. Anyway, if <laughs> if uh it's it's as good as it sounds. You
2: know, I got to say this is one of the best uh outreach from from a listener that we've ever received because <laughs> hearing about this and looking at the poster, I, I Eric are I want to apologize that we did not do this. Because it, it been would, really it, it would have been it eliminated been early, but it would have made so much more. Because I remember leaving Movie Club last week as like, eh, we got, we got it, we could have picked a bit better eliminator.
1: I completely forgot about this movie because it came out like it was post Robocop two. Uh, <laughs> it was around the time that that's uh, so funny. Uh, it was around the time that the bad uh, Judge Dredd came out. And yeah, it's got to like, be that '98. They were something doing like that. a lot of like it was like mid '90s. They were early to mid '90s. They were doing a lot of it's in the future and criminals do weird stuff, things oh. type movies. How
2: much computer generated uh, pixelation do we have? Is that in this movie? It's got to be. Oh god, it's I,
0: bad. It's yeah. 1995 CGI, so you could just imagine like five. Wow, oh, how so it is right me. there. Uh, th- it was directed by Brett Leonard. Who went on to make such great movies as The Lawnmower Man? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Call back. Actually, he made it before that, but uh, same difference. So so somehow you knew that you had it in your brain.
1: It's because of the same plot. You were like,
0: this guy obviously is like, what if we this time? The guy who wrote it went on to write the classic Jet Li film Romeo Must Die. Yeah, it's just just all cool stuff happening in this movie. Uh, All right. Anyway, for Eric Ronovic, for Kevin Garber, I'm Nathan Sando, and we will see you next week. Go, Hawks!